Welcome to Platypod, the official podcast of the Committee for the Anthropology of Science, Technology, and Computing. Here, we host dialogues and conversations about the theories, tools, and social interactions that explore questions at the intersection of anthropology and science and technology studies. This bonus content is a reading from Platypus, the Castag blog. Enjoy! Thinking in Constellations Problematizing Indigeneity in the Atacama Desert, Chile, by Valentina Acuña Bravo. In October 2021, I flew from the capital of Chile to the driest desert in the world, the Atacama Desert, a place with a long history of colonialism and extractivism. I was 12 years old the first time I visited as part of a family trip that lasted one month. We traveled by car 2,000 kilometers, so it was exhausting but also unforgettable. I remember our fleeting time in Calama City in the Antofagasta region to continue the journey to San Pedro de Atacama, a town in the Atacama Salt Flat Basin where Atacameño communities, one of the ten quote-unquote native peoples recognized by the Chilean state since 1995, live. I would like to stop in Calama just like that day when we stopped at a gas station and had lunch. Calama is a mining city usually considered in the Chilean social imaginary as a quote-unquote shitty city because of the dry dust, crime, mining, and contamination there. At the time of our family visit, we were barely conscious of the existence of quote-unquote indigenous peoples in the city. But in October 2021, 20 years after that remarkable trip, with some years of research experience in the northern region on my back and with some analytical concerns in my head, I was able to get to know the city and the region further. I flew to attend the Semu Halaina Kapur Lasi Kunza, first great reunion of Kunza in the native language of Atacameños. In that instance, indigenous communities were not protagonists. There were different organizations and individual Atacameño people from San Pedro de Atacama and Calama, where now, I know, the vast majority of Atacameños live. They organized and planned for seven months a daring task in the Atacama region, an autonomous initiative totally independent from mining companies in the state. That is to say, the whole reunion did not depend on funds from the mining companies nor thematic guidelines dictated by the state agencies. The reunion's primary goal was to use language revitalization as a political tool to make visible their identity as Atacameños in the conjuncture of Chile's recent constitutional process. When I was listening to an Atacameño from Calama talking about language revitalization as a way of decolonizing thinking, and his efforts to add new words to the graphemic system, the silent audience became active and some of the participants asked to speak. Others stood up and whispers were heard. The social atmosphere became dense. Some argue about the Kunsa word that should designate the quote-unquote Atacameño people. Succinctly, urban Atacameños from Calama were in favor of the term Leri, and San Pedrinos from San Pedro de Atacama favored the term Licana. This tense moment and the terms of the discussion were more than mere semantics. They debated the politics of recognition in neoliberal multiculturalism. More specifically, urban quote-unquote Atacameños argue that the use of Licana 
although it refers to the Atacameño territory in its entirety, designates in the first instance the Atacameños of San Pedro de Atacama, excluding the Atacameños who live in other areas of the Atacameño territory, such as Calama. Therefore, Leri would be a better way to refer to the Atacameño people, they argue, since the Atacameño people not only live in the territory of the San Pedro de Atacama, as I learned during my first trip to the region as a child. At the end of the day, a similar deliberation began when I attended the Crofemic system table in the context of the first great reunion of Tchkunza, an instance between traditional educators from Calama, members of the Language Council of San Pedro de Atacama, and the Traditions and Customs Association that represents eight villages of Atacama La Baja. Representatives of the Council led the initiative seeking to unify thousands of words in Kunza in order to harmonize one form of speaking, but the debate turned out to be interminable. I recall the position of representatives of the Traditions and Customs Association and the tolerant disagreement with such a unification, arguing that words change depending on the place. Linguistic unification with a gesture of erasure, they argue. Both scenes were problematizing what is or what counts as quote-unquote Atacameño, not only as a community people tension, but also as that which belongs to a stagnant territory in Atacama La Grande or Alta. In this regard, Morales, 2016, has stated that, quote, the Atacameño is shown to the outside as the ascription that gives unity to all the inhabitants of Atacama, but inwardly it is recognized that only the inhabitants of San Pedro de Atacama will be the Atacameños, end of quote. Morales concludes that the Atacameño ethnogenesis ends inevitable with the classifiers, Atacameños from San Pedro de Atacama at the top of social stratification. Morales, 2013. Atacameño leaders of communities behave as the administrators of the Atacameño difference to later include it, quote, in the circuits of multicultural coexistence, adjustments to the normalization of the difference in the current social and legal frameworks, end of quotes. Morales, 2016, page 196. Although Morales' research shows the complex processes of ethnicization and ethnogenesis and the predominance of Licana as a term to refer to the territory, Licana ends up reducing, quote, the Atacameño to the forms of identification of a group of Atacameños defined by the parameters of multicultural neoliberalism. This ends up classifying what Atacameño is in a static territory, rendering invisible alternative forms of discursive identification and practices of other atacameñidades that, in fact, problematize the term in first instance. More specifically, alternatives that prefer to use leri to refer to the territory or more radical ones that avoid classifications of indigeneity as impositions of the state. These problematizations resonated with what I was reading about indigeneity and policies of liberal, quote-unquote, indigeneity. The idea of recognition as an epistemological exercise of subsuming ethnic difference under policies and conceptuals, conceptual tools of domination, Gladmeyer, 2004, 
and the essentialism inherent in liberal identity conceptualizations, Cajun, 2003, were evident. Atacameñidad as an identity emerged under current legal and social frameworks in Chile and adjusted to the parameters of neoliberal multiculturalism. The eruption of CONADI, National Corporation for Indigenous Development, in the context of the return to democracy in the 1990s, functioned as a critical motor in the formation of well-defined and functional quote-unquote communities that adjust to the spaces of participation offered by the multicultural policy. Babich, 2020. The quote-unquote community as a notion ended up encapsulating the different Atacameños in quote-unquote lo Atacameño as the only legitimate form of social, territorial, and political organization defined by the specific logics of ethnic affiliation and inter -ethnicity. Forms of international classification, such as the COBA Report, 1968, and the ILO Convention, 1991, also came to mind. This function as crucial reference in the definition of the indigeneity in the 80s and 90s. Cepal, 2005, Kenrick and Lewis, 2004, Nissen, 2003, Saugestad, 2001, and 2004 and served to construct a concept of quote-unquote people's rights and quote-unquote indigenous rights within a legal basis informed by enlightenment principles of law and Western principles of descent and territorial legitimacy, Canesa 2007. I also remember what some collaborators said when I interviewed them for my doctoral dissertation, quote, we were not Atacameños before the indigenous law, end of quote. When some of them rejected these classifications, they affirmed convincingly, quote, we are not indigenous, end of quote. Regularly, when we talk about indigeneity, it turns to national and state emphasis, as the nation is positioned as the sole locus of political negotiation for, quote-unquote, indigenous leaders. In other words, the, quote-unquote, indigenous must use the cultural and political frameworks understandable within the nation, saying 2007. Thus, indigeneity is defended as an identity within liberal democracies. Ibison et al. 2002, Merlin 2009, even though its presence at the local level is questioned and there exists little consensus on what it means to be properly quote-unquote indigenous. Timperley 2020, Merlin 2009. The problem with this framework is that those who do not self-identify as quote-unquote indigenous or quote-unquote atacameños or those who problematize categories as established by the state are excluded, exacerbated intra-ethnic tensions. Cooper, 2006. As Place, 2006, points out, with quote-unquote indigeneity, we have fallen into the trap of codifying certain cultures and those that are considered quote-unquote indigenous have been particularly prone to reductionism. Such a framework thus limits and conceals the political potentials of other forms of making identity within groups. But how can we think beyond these frameworks? Indigeneity is often defined and classified following certain criteria. In primordial terms, this include being the first inhabitants of a territory or having a particular relationship with the land. In relational terms, 
power dynamics between colonialists and indigenous communities or between quote-unquote indigenous groups and the state are considered. Merlin, 2009. But identity thinking is also linked to relations of domination and exploitation and may tend to disavow quote-unquote indigenous groups. MacDonald, 2012, Smith, 1999. Identity thinking can also be dangerous because there is a risk of disguising the uniqueness of objects, people, or concepts of emancipation, wrapping them in a language of liberation while reinforcing repressive norms and actions. Timperley, 2020. This can be interpreted in such a way because identity thinking is often used to conceptualize how particular objects or ideas are like others, presenting objects in terms of representation without examining their details. By focusing on how one object is identical to another, the particularity of an object is obscured by turning concepts into absolutes. Adorno, 2000. Adorno's non-identity ideas serve as a resource to explore the power and limits of indigeneity by challenging the totalization of definitions and highlighting the particularity of the experiences and histories of quote-unquote indigenous groups, recognizing their non-identical nature. Timperley 2020. The concept of non-identity questions the use of categories to discuss and define what is indigenous challenging the logic of colonizing states that restrict and control quote-unquote indigenous individuals and groups. The non-identity thought expressed in Adorno's negative dialectic invite us to think about the non-conceptual, the heterogeneous, the reducible, the qualitative, the alien, and the non-identical. O'Connor, 2004. Instead of focusing on identifying objects or ideas by classifying them according to their similarities to other objects or ideas, thinking non-identically encourage attention to those characteristics that cannot be subsumed into the universal. Recognizing the non-identical nature of indigeneity allows us to engage with constellations of concepts critically. Constellations are understood as those distinctive aspects of indigeneity at a particular time and location and have one characteristic that Adorno draws on to develop a complete sense of non-identity thinking. For him, constellations are not simply sets of concepts but also a series of historical processes. A conscious knowledge can only deliver the object in its relationship with other entities. The cognition of the object in its constellation is the cognition in the process stored in the object, Adorno 2000. Therefore, the constellations mark the physical characteristics and the temporal characteristics of an object. Thinking in constellations encouraged engaging with definitions of indigeneity, both criteria-based and relational, to critically explore distinctive aspects of indigeneity in a specific time and place. In particular, it allows a, quote, total abandonment of oneself to immerse oneself in things that are heterogeneous without placing those things in prefabricated categories, end of quote, Adorno 2000, page 13. Thinking in constellations allow us to delve into the unique experience and history of different conceptions of indigeneity instead of focusing only on identifying specific characteristics of indigeneity.
if we consider the constellation of concepts that indigeneity evokes, we can reconsider the possibilities of quote-unquote indigenous rights and policies. This implies avoiding totalizing definitions of indigeneity and moving toward recognizing the unique experience, history, and culture of places and people. Together, these elements open up a broader discussion that has been highlighted as one of the most significant limitations of liberal multiculturalism. The fact that the recognition of indigenous otherness can only exist through its legal recognition, Povinelli 2002. As Povinelli puts it, the law has become the site where local languages, indigenous way of life, and memories are diverted into legal languages. And consequently, they become residual realities haunted by a liberal imagination that cannot recognize them. Consider the Atacama Desert and the problems posed by quote-unquote Atacameño people as they attempt to escape a liberal logic raise critical questions regarding the possibilities, limitations, and applications of these other ways of doing politics. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any comments and feedback, feel free to share them with us on the blog. You can find the link to the post in the description of the episode.